Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to my Just Jenny podcast. I am so happy that Dr. Lori is back with me. She is, of course, a PhD, an antiques appraiser on the History Channel's The Curse of Oak Island. Uh, she's also Pawn Stars Do America. I sound so New York. Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't help myself, Dr. Lori. I know. And <laughs> she's fun and informative and can help you sort of figure out what's worth what in your home and uh, the stuff that you stumble upon, I'm sure even when you're out antiquing or at flea markets or wherever. And I'm happy to have her back. Welcome back, Dr. Lori. Oh, it's so nice to be with you again. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. I love to be here and talk with you and of course all your listeners and viewers. It's nice to be here. So on your YouTube page, you have so many videos and so many subscribers that come to you to see you appraise things that, and then you record it and you post it. Do you have favorite things? Like, do you like to appraise jewelry more than furniture or rugs more than tapestries on a wall? Like what are, or toys and games over other things? I have an addiction problem. <laughs> I mean, I have an addiction problem. Um, I love all of it, I have to say, because I've said this probably before. I've said this before other places. I don't know if I said it to you, but, you yeah. know, the objects that we have in our lives relate to the people in our lives. It's something that somebody made in some time in history, and it relates yeah. to people. And I like the stories. I think it's interesting. The values, I think, are fun, too. I'm not yeah. someone who doesn't you know, I think money is an important part of how we live our lives too. But of course. Um, I will say that, yeah, I like all of it. I don't have a favorite of this or that. I was skilled and schooled in, you know, of course, the history of art, you know, everything from, you know, Michelangelo to Monet, that kind of thing. Yep. Jackson yep. Pollock. I love all that stuff. Red yeah. rooms. So, but I yeah. will say that I, I do think that's wonderful, but I also think something as simple as you know, an embroidered handkerchief that somebody made in the 1940s is neat. So I like so all cool. of it. Yeah. But um, I appraise all different types of things and, and I really do enjoy it. I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. I get to do what I love in a, in a field that I've that I've come to enjoy. It's yeah. wonderful. So, yeah. And and you seem to develop relationships with your followers. I've also seen that on, on your Facebook and you guys can go to drlaurieV.com just to like get all of Lori's links and see what she does and, and hire her for consultations to go through your stuff via video chat or, or if you send her pictures. Um, but the other day, my, we, so we have been, we just put our house on the market and we are cleaning up around here and going through things. Cause a, you have to clean up before you sell a house anyway, cause there's right. your thing, right? People, they right. want to see your house but they want it to look like no one lives there. They want us to, yeah, they want to see your house. You know, realtors, very, very yeah. busy people and realtors have a great skill set, terrific. But, you know, one of the things is they want you to make it so anybody who walks into your home feels like it could be their home. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's mine hard. does not. <laughs> mine does that's not. Hard. Mine feels like my house. So we were, we've been trying to like clean up as best we can so that we can, cause we can give the potential buyers more of an ability right. to have their own right. vision. I get it. Right. But, but going through things like what to keep and what to ditch essentially, like, I don't know, my son found an old beanie bear that I had that my husband got me that was a the Princess Diana bear, but it was a purple one with a flower. So it wasn't like there was a special one that wasn't purple, I think. The white there one. Were very, there are a lot of special ones. There's one that had a tiara. There's one that had a cape. Uh, the, okay. the actual rose has to go down to her belly button and be light green, the stem. There's a whole deal with the beanie babies. That's true. But yes, yeah, some of these things can be valuable, but you yeah. know, we want, I want you to learn a couple of different things. And it's kind of hard because remember, you've been in this home for how many years have you been in that home? Long time. Over 20. We built our house. Yeah. A lifetime, a kid's yeah. upbringing happened. Yes. Probably in your house, right. So there's that. Then you have that kind of, then you have that aspect and all the stuff that they bring in and all the stuff that you want them to have. Right. And then pieces that you just always loved. Maybe it's uh, a sofa chair from your mother's house or, or, you know, I don't know, some end table or whatever yeah. it might be that just was always with you. And yeah. it's really hard, but I do help folks to understand what do we do when we want to declutter? What do we do when we want to clean out and how do we go through it? So yeah. you're doing it and you're selling a home, right? Yes. So now you're going to take another leap to another place. So oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So some of the things that I always tell people is, if we can do it one room at a time, if we have right. the time luxury, because that's a luxury to have the time to do it and you don't have to do it fast. So um, if you could do it one room at a time, that's mm -hmm. one of the things. The other things is I always say, you know, let's not, your emotions count, you know, your feelings count and they count. Somebody else says, oh, you have to declutter this. It has to look like this it has to look like that. Hey, do the best you can do. Yeah. Well, you that's know? what we're doing. And, and so my son took this beanie baby. He'd been looking for it. And I had no idea where, I mean, my closet is, it's a wreck, Lori. It's, I have to, uh, please, I have to excavate. That's really what I need to do in my closet is actually <laughs> more excavate. Of an more of an archaeologist, right? It's so true. I need a shovel. And so I'm like, where was that thing? He's yeah. like, it was on the shelf by the, whatever, by your makeup above. And I'm like, so basically it was too tall for me to reach. He's like, <laughs> I don't think so, but whatever. So he took it and we've been laughing. I'm like, I don't know if it's legitimately a beanie baby or if it matters or what it what, but it is purple. It does have a white rose and the stem does is green, but I don't know if it goes to a belly button. It's not in mint condition. And if it's not in mint condition, then it's not a financial gain. It's just a, right. an emotional. Right. Win. Right. There are many, right. There are many things that relate. And of course, so there are many things that go into it, whether it's tags and pellets and pellet deterioration. And what does it look like? Does it smell? You know, yeah. how big is it? Are the eyes right. straight? It's a million things when I do a beanie baby appraisal and I do a lot of them. Sure. Um, that piece had a little bit more value around the anniversary of Princess Diana's death, which was sure. August of 2022 August. and all of this kind of appraisal stuff. But in you decluttering and finding these things, the fact that you don't have that that emotional connection to it, it's easier for you to say, hey, I'm going to donate that or I'm going to give that to my yes. favorite puppy dog to play with or I'm going to yes. do whatever, right? Yes. But a couple of things when it comes to the whole decluttering, downsizing. You know, there are certain times in our lives when we decide to do this. This is a, this is a tumultuous time. This is not easy on the emotions. It's not easy on anybody to be thinking, I'm going to move out of a place where I have lived for 20 some odd years. Right. That's not easy. So you have no. to think about that. I always say, 
the three most valuable types of objects that you really want to focus on in terms of value, and this is just money, this isn't emotion, just money, and of course, emotion is more important, um, fine art, furniture, mm -hmm. precious metals, including jewelry. Now, if there's some other sentimental thing that's important to you, I always say, you know, choose an object budget. What the heck right. does that mean? Okay. How many objects, if I walk into my closet, my bedroom, my wherever, pick a room, how many objects am I allowed to, to take with me to the next place or to hold on to in some way in my life? Yeah. You know, that might mean donate to a niece, give away to a kid, whatever it might be. How many do I get? Okay, there's yeah. that. That's a little hard. Then it becomes the, what do I know I'm going to use? I need a bed. Am I taking yeah. a bed? That no, kind of I'm thing. not. I'm not taking okay. a bed. Uh, but I do okay. love my mattress. Like, this is the thing. Okay. I, the, I have, I think that because, and this sounds sort of, I don't know, it, 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 it sort of sounds sad, but it's not, it's, I don't want it to be taken as a sad thing. Cause it's really, it's really not. It's actually a perspective. I, I have so much loss from losing my mother and losing my father recently that I don't, I don't have the emotional attachment I did to things prior to okay. experiencing that kind of real loss. Now for certain things, sure. Like I, feel like I love my kitchen table. My kitchen table is not like you're talking about some things have a lot of financial value. The base is wrought iron that I bought at an antique store in Queens, New York that I went to. It was like a giant, you've probably been to this place. It was massive. This is 20 years ago. It was a massive store warehouse floor. And I just bought this stand. It's circular and it's wrought iron. It's yeah, it's wrought iron and it's just so pretty. And then we had a, a Corian, a white Corian top made. So it's just the greatest looking table. And we have these Drucker chairs that we've had forever. These, these, um, cafe chairs and they're like woven and I just, the chairs are not my favorite, but I don't know that I want to replace chairs right now. So I might as well take those chairs for now. And okay. that table though, I, it's just, it's big. So I don't know whether it'll go in the next place, but I love it. So there's that. And like does I, it have to yeah. be? The kitchen solution that could right. actually be on, you know, maybe a sun porch or maybe it ends right. up in a, a den or somewhere or, or maybe could be somewhere else. Corian right. is going to be good material for a long so, time. It's such a good material. Yep. 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 So, you know, that's true. And I have to say, you know, I, when you were saying that, it's interesting that you'd say, Hey, you know what? I know what means more to me and it's not all the objects right now. And that happens with a lot of us. I will yeah. say when my parents died, they died close together in terms of time period, very yeah. difficult, blah, blah, blah. Seven huh, years has gone by. How I felt seven years ago is not the way I feel today about some of the objects that I would not let go of because they belong to my parents. Right. So now that I guess, yes, that I guess, why it kind of changes. But the other thing in speaking about family and other things, one of the things that a lot of people don't do when decluttering or downsizing you know, divorce or death or whatever it is that is making you reassess your objects. Well, a lot of people don't do this. They don't give kids any power. So, and mm. then it goes, what do you mean kids any power? Well, you got to give kids a little bit of power, actually more right. power than they normally get because it's all, oh, their stuff isn't important or, oh, we're trying to deal with the big, the big items, but asking the kids and the grandkids yeah. Of their memories of maybe it was holiday with mom or great grandmom or grandma yes. sort of thing. So have let them have a say in a, some of this. Now, now you can't be so the kids go, oh, we're keeping everything, but or we're throwing everything out. 
But think about kids having a little bit more power. I have an example for, for instance, I was um, at an event and a woman said, I got rid of my China set. I asked my daughter, my daughter said, she doesn't want it. My granddaughter was very upset because I only asked my daughter if she wanted it and my granddaughter ended up wanting it. Okay. Right. So there's right. that. The other trap that you have when you're downsizing is everyone's telling you downsize, downsize, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And don't let somebody else force you into downsizing stuff that you still want. Yeah, you're right. By the way, that's excellent advice. That is excellent advice because that's definitely something that my husband will be like, unless it's something that's sentimental to him, he'll be like, just get rid of everything that's here so that we'll just start over with new or with the, and I'm like, I don't know. I really like this. or I really like that. Like, yeah, I want to take our couch. And what you, and you know, and some things feel like home. And the other thing yeah. that a lot of people realize is construction of certain objects was better earlier. Yes. <laughs> So right. we're not always getting newer is better. Now I grew up right. in the in the 80s with newer is better. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, but in fact, you know, you don't always see that uh, with every single thing. Some some items, yes, the new is just better. Period. But then some items, you start to go, wow, I really wish I had my older piece. Um, yeah. Things that really look dated, you know, if you're doing the design stuff, I'm sure you have a million, of course very skilled interior designers who contribute to your show and who you know personally. I am not one of those people. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. <laughs> I will say, but I know what you're talking about, but you're right. But you're right, Lori, because because sometimes I look at stuff and I either I look at stuff from when I lived in an apartment in New York City and I think about how the goal was to find the best armoire. I mean, the last thing I want is an armoire. But right, right, was, exactly. Right. Do you and, remember the years of the armoires? Like yes. everyone is right. When the when the TV, you know, when the TV sets were just so the TV sets were so big that they fit and you can close the doors in the bedroom, watch a little TV, close the doors, and you didn't see the TV because it was so ugly. Those big picture tube TVs of the 90s. So, yeah. you know, now the flat screen has basically moved the armoire market. Nobody wants an armoire in an auction either. So, so crazy. So crazy. But yeah, I, I say those are some of the things you want to think for. And with respect to the pitfalls, you know, you don't want to get into the trap where you're so you know, I have to sell it, I have to sell it and have right. a problem. Here's an example. So uh, one of my clients says to me, Dr. Laura, you know, I was trying to sell this oriental rug. It's a beautiful rug. I had it a long time. It was too big. I was downsizing and I asked someone to come in and give me a quote about this particular rug. And, 
you know, um, he offers me a ridiculously low amount of money and he wouldn't leave when I rejected his offer. Oof. So now you're in your home, you're in, in her own home. She said, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do because I couldn't get him to leave. He said, I'll give you, you know, I don't remember, $150, $250, something ridiculous for this wonderful rug that probably was worth several thousands. And she said, he just wouldn't leave. He didn't do anything to me, but I became very upset and un unsettled because now I've asked this person to come in and make me an offer. I probably shouldn't have done that. So a tr a, one of the tips I always say is, please don't do this kind of stuff by yourself. No. Make sure someone is with you. And you should have an idea of value before you go into this. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be wildly expensive to get appraisals. It shouldn't be. It's an yeah. overview, you know, kind of thing. But and then when you're thinking about those types of things, you really want to think about, you know, a buddy and even just someone. I don't care if it's husband. I don't care partner. I don't care if it's child, grandchild, friend, neighbor, somebody you trust. Because you're thinking of all these things. They might ask a question that you don't think about. I always encourage people when they're doing appraisals with me, have someone else with you because you right. might not think of what they're thinking to ask the yeah. question of someone like me. And for someone like to find someone like you, I found you on the internet and that was a lucky yeah. break because you're good at what you do and and um, you have incredible references and and oh, sort thanks. of the, the, the history of what you've been doing to show for, right? So we know that you're legit. How do people yeah. find appraisers that we know are actually legitimate appraisers? Well, I have to say that, you know, in terms of it now with the internet, you can, uh, you can, and with what it is with, so with, of course, um, uh, the technology, it's easy to get me basically. Now I'm not saying that there isn't somebody else who's just as good as I am, <laughs> but, but they're not in, you. But yeah. in terms, in terms of it, what you want to do is ask those questions and you want to make sure that, you know, it, these are questions that are, you know, that are smart questions. For example, it's my opinion that an appraiser should not also be a broker mm. because you may not get the appraised that you may not get the accurate appraised value. Right? right. So if somebody wants to buy it from you or help you sell it, they probably are not going to give you the appraised value. Right. right. That's going to be accurate because they may want to get it for a low price. Most people do no matter right. who they are. So right. try to avoid that situation. That could be sort of where you step into a sinkhole. So you don't want to do that. Okay. However, the yeah. other thing that I would say is there are certain pieces that are just more difficult to move, you know, big pieces, furniture, for example. So in some ways, it might be better for you to think about, uh, you know, where you can market these pieces. So I always say things like you can market it yourself online and think about local pickup. So think about marketing to a circle that you already have. Maybe yeah. it's your own social media circle. Right. The other thing about that is there's so many different scams and problems and trolls and issues with some of the online marketplaces and platforms. I talk about this in my selling class that, that basically, you know, starting with your own Facebook page or your own social media, Instagram or whatever it might be, you know, with the group that you know, it's more apt that someone who's your, I don't know, your roommate's sister-in-law who's on your right. Facebook page will probably pay you. Right. Right. And so they probably know someone who, right. So you're not so worried about, oh my gosh, am I really going to actually get paid for this big item that now I sold to this person? Right. You know, those relationships are important. And the other thing that I see success with people who are trying to sell during a downsizing situation by themselves or trying to sell it themselves online is yeah. make a friend, be polite and try to think about their, their issues. So what's yeah. the buyer's issue? You're the seller. What's the buyer's issue? Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, 
you know, I don't have a truck. I don't know what to do. I live far away. You know, how do you solve their problem? What's shipping going to really cost this kind of thing? I think actually what you just said, it really matters because there is something about the human connection and dynamic when you're selling something that someone had. And I, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or not, but I had, I'd been searching for a wallet, the same wallet for six years since a friend of mine's sister had passed away and we were at the Shiva and somebody had this wallet is an LV. It was called the LV daily organizer, Louis Vuitton or a daily organizer. It stopped being made five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I was desperate to have this piece, desperate to have this piece. I, it's the perfect wallet. It's massive. You could carry it by itself because there's a little handle. It's like this perfect thing. Now, I'm kind of like you probably that like, I'll go beyond my due diligence if I see something online that I want, that's a label that <laughs> could have a fake, whatever could be hard to authenticate or whatever. So I go on Poshmark because I'm a bigger fan of Poshmark than I am of the real real. Cause now Poshmark has like that. They authenticate before if something's that's over right. a certain dollar point. So that's right. whatever, if I, if I need to haggle, but I'd wanted this for a really long time. And I knew what the price was of it. Like originally years ago, hold on my connections. Let me get it to make sure it's right. So I see this online. I see the seller and I did the thing you're not supposed to do. I, I went outside of Poshmark, tracked down the seller by their username, found their social media, because nobody uses their real names except I do, because whatever, found their social media, sent them a direct message, and were like, I was like, is this legitimately this thing? Like, why right. are you selling it? Like, wh-? I found them on Pinterest, by the way. It wasn't even like a normal DM situation. It was like I had to really go deep to find this person. Right. Anyway. But when you want something, you're finding them. Okay. So, because you know? they had only listed one thing on the Poshmark. This was the only thing they had listed. Mm. And it was like a $1,500 thing or $1,600 thing. And I'm like, that's just weird. So I send them this message and I'm like, what is the story? I just wanted the story, why they had it, why they were selling it. Right. And Smart. So, and the story was so nice. It was like, I bought this in the Louis Vuitton store in like Worcester, Mass. I don't know if it was Worcester in this town. I have the receipts in the box. I never used it because it was too pretty to use. And it sat in my closet for years and now I need to sell it. And so it's perfect. And it was like such a real story. And who hasn't had that thing that was too pretty to use? So I was- Oh, right. Yes. So I said to her, you know what? I'm going right back to Poshmark. I'm buying it done. Like I did not haggle. I was- yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to say that, you know, in 22, 25, whatever it is, all these years of being an appraiser and seeing everybody's stuff and being in everybody's house and reviewing this and appraising that and this museum and that place. I have to say that sometimes the stuff just ends up where it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have seen the long lost paintings that were from the grandparents. Uh, the, uh, the artist was the grandparent of some stu- person who was trying to find it for years and it was lost and someone gave it away and it was a mistake that it got given away and it comes back. That all of a sudden that painting is in front of those people and they go, I can't believe this, Dr. Laurie. I can't believe that you know it's actual that I got that painting back that was painted by my grandfather in 1925. You know, it's the coolest thing. Sometimes yeah. it does really happen. Yeah. And it's amazing how it happens. And a lot of the time, you know, what social media has done for, oh my gosh, we're always on social media and connected to our phones. 
there are good things that it's done too, you know? That's um, right. Well, so I ended up, I got it. It's perfect. It was exciting. beautiful. And, and I, you look, I learned a lesson. If you don't use it, then you'll never get the joy right. of it. And right. came in the mail. Right. It was perfect. I've used it every day since. It's exactly what I waited to have. And I'm thrilled and I am using it and it's in the yeah. right place. Like you just said, and it it's worked right out. Place. It was supposed to go to you for some reason. Correct. I mean, I don't yes. know. It sounds a little bit oh, like yes. Lulu crazy, but I don't, I really think that that's true. I'll give you a perfect example. And it's yeah. a very personal example. When I was at Penn state, I was in graduate school. It was the nineties. I bought a canister set. I have never put anything in that canister set. It has been in my kitchen for years, literally yeah. since I was a kid at Penn state as a graduate student. Okay. I saw it. It was so pretty. I love the colors. I wanted it. I never had my own kitchen. You know, yeah. it was years of graduate school and this apartment deal. and not really my own house, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The canister said I never put anything in it. It was new. The other week I said, why am I not putting coffee in this canister set? What am I waiting for? <laughs> you know, right. but it, took, it took me, I'm 30 years out of Penn State, 20 years out of Penn State. I don't know, a long time. <laughs> I get but, it. I get it. And, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, why? Right. It's, it's vintage. It's been vintage a long time, but nothing ever went in it because I was like, oh, I hate to make it, you know, get all the stuff in it. Everything yeah. went in it. The tea went in it. The sugar went in it. The coffee went in it. The whole deal. <laughs> it's liberating, isn't it? It's liberating. And you start to go, you know what? I want to keep everything pristine. But in fact, that's not what this stuff was intended for. And it was intended to be handed down, moved on, resold, done, you know? So I understand what you're saying about the Louis Vuitton. I just think it's great that you're a researcher and that you found the person. Yeah, I had to. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm buying and selling online or reselling or, or repurposing or whatever it is online, you kind of have to go with your gut. If something does not seem kosher, you got to go, it's not kosher for some reason. And yeah, and you can tell. I mean, you, you can, can tell. tell. You can yeah, tell. I mean, that's There's the not thing. enough feedback for an eBay seller, yeah. for example, or, yeah. you know, or it just seems like, gee, haven't I seen this before being, re and then learn some of the other places, you know, places like Poshmark, or maybe, maybe the real realism for you now for this, what you're looking for, or try Rebag, or try, you know, yeah. Shop Thrilling, or wherever, you know, but there's a lot of these places that have. I think I would, stuff. yeah, I would sell on. I mean, I would buy from Real Real, but I don't love selling with Real Real because I don't, I don't love how they do it. But I could be incorrect. I could be making that up because I've, I've not really used they, them, and I'm a control freak. So that's why I like Poshmark. Yeah, you know, they all have their pros and cons. It's right. like anything else. Some yeah. people go, I like this for this thing. I like this for that aspect. You know, whatever. It's all you know. It's I think if different. you, yeah, if you can't find a person also, you should definitely uh, not, not do it. If you can't find someone with whom to interface, like, cause I've done where I've bought things on random websites that I wasn't paying attention. And the thing that I ordered was not the thing I received. And then I, yeah, then I freak I, out. Yeah. I mean, you, you really want to do that. You want to see about that. And you want to also make sure that you're going into this with all of your ducks lined up, you yeah. know? So you're not sitting there like, I'm not a person who wants to really, you know, fix anything, repair anything. I don't have time for that. So if it has to be repurposed, DIY'd, any of yeah. that, if it has to go through what yeah. I call the HGTV deal, it's not happening here. It's hysterical. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't do it. You know? Me so, either. Definitely I, not. I, I'm not a, no, I'm not a DIYer. I'm not, I, no. I, now, by the way, I love the videos online of it. I just recently saw like a baking one where they have this, it's called like the frosting. I don't know. It's like 
it's like a cone that you put around the cake and then you squeeze in the frosting and then the cake gets frosted. I'll never do it, but I'm yeah. looking at it. Like I'm going <laughs> to bake a cake. I haven't baked a cake in years. I bake cookies, but like, I, eh, it's not going to happen. Uh, and, but I, but I, I fantasize about it, but well, you're right. I don't want the thing to come to me for me to have to put it together. Like I, I'll tell you, this holiday was the first holiday I hosted everybody. Never again, never again. Oh never yeah. How again. was it? The last I mean, time you were on, you talked uh, about the fact that you were going to host for Thanksgiving, I, uh, I think. And so what happened? My rule is no fires, no food poisoning. Okay. We didn't have any fires or food poisoning, but I'll tell you, I made cookies, all these different Italian cookies. Never again. Oh my gosh. You got to find the almond paste and can you get this? And how do you do right. that? And do you know how to actually separate an egg? I don't. I have three right. degrees. I don't know how to separate an egg. I can't do it. So right. God bless the people who know how to do it. And similarly to the DIYers, they are very talented. I don't yes. have these talents. I don't, this is not my thing. So not me. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't no. try those things that I don't know. But um, yeah, it's funny. So nobody died. That was good at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Winning. You did it. Good <laughs> Winning job. Right. But we had, I had a good time trying, but I don't think I'll try again. So, uh, you know, but when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to, when you're, but that was where I, I, I realized the canister set is for the darn flour. Get the almond flour and put it in the yeah. canister set, Lori. Oh, it's hysterical. You know, that's yeah. hilarious. And, uh, and now tell people about the selling course you do, because I think that's probably really helpful. Cause that's always like what I struggle with. Like, well, if, what if I want to sell a chair? What if I want to sell a cabinet? What if I want to sell an old desk? Like, I, it's how for do you do everybody. that? Yeah. The selling yeah. Class is for everybody. It's not for, it, you know, it's for everybody. Are you a seasoned reseller? Great. I'm going to give you tips that you didn't know about. How do you identify these things? What time period? What is it? Your type of thing. How do you market it? What are those strategies? When is it best to do a buy it now? Or when is it best to list something for an auction? How do you know? Yeah. You know, right. those types of things. Um, you know, how do you establish yourself and organize it? Do you want a room full of inventory? Really? Do you want to not use your den anymore? Because now all of a sudden you have a home office for eBay stuff. You know, right. how do you deal with this kind of stuff? It's um, awful. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. And then what about shipping and how do I do the insurance and... I have to pay taxes on this money, you know, that yep. kind of stuff. Capital so, gains. Yeah. Capital gains. So all of that. So you really need to, uh, the class is very popular and I'm, I'm fortunate that it's been sold out and continues to be, and anybody can take it. And, and you can learn as much from me as you do from the other class members, you know, and that's a lot of fun. And, uh, people hang out and we have a good time and, uh, the classes are offered through my website. Um, and, uh, I, I think for the most part, it's sort of a, it's a little cathartic 
oh, yeah. you know what? I couldn't really part with this, but now I'm ready. Yeah. And it seems that we're moving forward. We're taking steps forward, however that feels. Or or it's no, I'm not ready. And it's okay if I'm going to hold on to this piece that I really don't need yeah. or don't use. That's okay too. You know, It is so um, weird, the things that, that we get attached to. Yes. That... Yes you just remember them and you're like, Oh wait, where's that? Or, and, what, and are you, yeah. are you attached to broken things? I have things that are broken that should be thrown away that I just can't oh, throw away. That's hysterical. No, I just want to toss the broken things, but I get it. I get it. I mean, if it has sentimental value somehow or like a core memory and then yeah. you can't let it go, yeah. I understand that. But like, <laughs> do you know what I'm weird with? I'm weird with some pots and pans. I'm weird with yes. certain pots and pans, like a, yes. And I yes. don't know why, like, why is that a favorite pot? If it's not that, it's not like a, a vintage stod that's worth money. Like, I know, I could, yeah. I could, I know, I could, I know what you mean. I, I have my mother's set, uh, the old Farberware. I have there the old, you go. Like the, the, the glass, the glass Farberware, the glass ones. And then I have, mm -hmm. I have the ones that actually have copper on the bottom. And I don't want to clean the copper, even though I know I should. Right. I don't <laughs> know why. It makes, yeah. no sense. it makes no sense. But this is this is the emotional stuff of objects. And I've said for many, many years, yeah. you know, objects come with emotions. There are certain pieces that you've just seen your whole lives. You know, you were talking about a piece, um, a print that you had that you that you didn't know the value of the last time we spoke. Yeah. And you were just saying, but it's always been there and I've always enjoyed it and I like it. But maybe now I could part with it. And right. That's a moving that's forward. Right. You know? Yes, but yeah. but my mother's old melamine white <laughs> mug that she drank coffee out of every day lives yeah. in my house. Exactly, and it's not going anywhere. And if it becomes repurposed into a vase at some point fine. to honor her, yeah. we know that she liked flowers and she liked yep. the presentation Loved. of flowers. Yeah, that's fine. You, you know, know it's so funny. Cool. Also, like seeing how the size of th the scale and size of things have changed because yes. her that I remember thinking that mug was so big right? And maybe it's 10 ounces. Oh. Today, all the mugs are colossal. And a big oh. mug is a big mug. I mean, you can, of course, get out eight ounce, 10 ounce, whatever. But that big mug, and this thing is 10 ounces. I thought it was huge. Yes. 20 years yes. Ago. See? So that, weird. That's a 20th century thing because we saw that. I talk about that a lot with cookie jars. You yeah. know, cookie jars were little biscuit jars in the early 1900s, porcelain, beautiful, right. feminine. They just sat there and you rarely those lids were perfect. You rarely touched those lids. You got to World War II and the post-World -war, War II era, and cookie jars got bigger, and so did we. You know? Right. Cookies it's were bigger maddening. Yeah. Yeah. Been, yeah. Very true. Very true. So that's and then true. Yeah. Go on. I was saying that's true of lots of things. That's true of lots of things. But um, you, really, you, you really need to just think about those things and then try to say to yourself, I'd be happy if I just kept X. Right. Right. You know? and, and so you can like, right. Yeah. Don't make the objects make you happy. The choices make you happy. Right. And also you feel good when you do, like when I clean out stuff, I always feel better and then it'll help sort of see what does in fact matter. But then you have like today, I was looking for lights in my office because I, the light I had been using to record was bothering me. It was too bright. It was too strong. It was too whatever. Mm. And I go and I find this other light that I've had for probably four or five years that I never used. It's like pristine in the case. And just like two months ago, I tried to hand it off to somebody. I was like, do you just want this? Do you want to take this for your stuff? Do you want to take this? And my friend was like, 
No, because you might need that. Like this might come back to something you actually need. I was so happy I'd saved it. I was so well, happy I'd saved it. See, this is what happens, see, yeah. you know? And and the other thing is it, it's a lot about that idea that, oh, I have this piece and I, and I think I'm going to use this piece. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, and then it never really gets used. And then at some point you got to go, I'm cutting bait. Here we go. Right. Right. But, but those objects that you're still not sure about, don't feel bad that you put them away. And yeah. Because what happens in the markets, which we all know from being an appraiser, what happens in the markets is things come up, things go down, things get popular, things fall out of favor. That That's happens right. all the time. So if That's you're right. not sure and you're on the fence and you have the room, you know, sure, you could always put it into storage. But this idea that, you know, oh, if I haven't used it in a year, I should get rid of it. I understand that. But let's yeah. find out how valuable this piece is before you just go, oh, you know, that couture, you know, coat from yeah. wherever that I haven't yeah. used in a year is now I'm just going to get rid of it for the sake of getting rid of it. Because what you could do is sell that piece, which is getting easier and easier, all different ways that people can sell their stuff yep. using the online platforms. Yep. You know, and then take that money and utilize it for something you think is important. Uh, you think, you know, I love dogs. I think it's important to support some of these charities that relate to, of course, you know, Always. helping yeah. helping animals. Okay, yeah. so there's that. Or, gee, you want to give it to some other charity. Maybe it's St. Jude's Children's Hospital. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's just, I want my family to be together in a place where we had fun, like an amusement park, and I'm going to have everybody go to the amusement park with us on some Saturday in the summer, da-da-da. So cute. What, might be. what about- the way that you can do something that makes you happy with the people you love. Lori, what about comps, fighting comps? Like, if you are wanting to sell a chair- is it advisable to go look at like aptdeco.com or cherish.com or kayo.com and see what they're selling things for? It's advisable for you to look, but remember that we have a global market now. And we've always had a global market since the internet really started. So remember that you have to look at the full market. Don't own. I'm impressed that you would say, I look here and I look here and I look here, that you don't look at just one place because mm -hmm. just one place is not going to be the answer. And Old auction records from three years ago are not going to be the answer either because, again, the auctions and the markets change, and they change very quickly, right? Don't get confused between an insurance appraisal and a retail value or fair market appraisal. Oh, God. that Talk about that. That's important. <laughs> okay. Talk okay, that about is that important. because that people think, oh, my earrings were appraised for $5,000, and then right. you go to sell them, and someone's like, I'll give you $250 cash. Right. <laughs> exactly. So remember, an insurance appraisal is re is replacement value. So you not only need the retail value money or the fair market value money, but you need more money to actually find the piece because you can't just go out to the local jeweler and get those same earrings anymore. Right. So that's where older that's might so be funny. better. Yeah. The other yeah. thing that people do is they will say, I have this appraisal from 1998. And it says that this is worth X. And then I have to break the news that it's now worth Y minus X. Right. Know, kind of thing. So, and then they're so let down. And they're let down. But you have to remember that you're what you're dealing with are apples and oranges, right? So the apple is, of course, the insurance appraisal replacement value. The orange is fair market. And fair market is your Yadro sells for $200 in the United States, but your Yadro sells for $400 in Madrid. But then you pay the cost of the shipping to Madrid and is there taxes I, I, and what's I'm, the... 
understood, all understood. But remember, if you're trying to establish the value, there is somebody in Madrid, a buyer in Madrid who says, oh, I'm going to get a bargain here. So be careful okay. of those types of things. Just be aware. You can make whatever decision you want. You want to sell it low, go ahead. But make sure that you know what the information is. And it's a global market is that's too. So in looking for comps, make sure you correctly identified your object first. And your example about your Louis Vuitton is a good example because, hey, are you sure you have an authentic one or do you have a knockoff? Yeah, there's a so designers like Louis Vuitton, like Gucci, there's certain yeah. labels that people just knock off all the time. So all you have time. to do your due diligence on that. You do. You have to do your due diligence on that, on anything, on any object. You know, is this really a clue game from the 1970s or is yes, it has clue? You have yeah, all those board games. Yeah. You know, the 2001 version when they reintroduced it because there was some movie that came out. I don't know. But I'm just saying in terms of those kinds of things. You want to know the difference between, you know, that one that sells, the, the new one that sells maybe for 10 bucks and the old one that sells for maybe 25 bucks. Maybe it's not a big spread, but you need to know identifying these objects properly because there are a lot of knockoffs of a lot of things, not only jewelry. You know, people are knocking off Asian pottery. People are making reproductions of paintings. They're doing all kinds of stuff and people can't tell. So part of my YouTube channel does tell you, how do you tell? Because that's really what you need to know, too. So, um, you guys, you can go to drlaurieV.com, drlaurieV.com, and check out all the links to see the YouTube. And also, because you could see this video, I think I'm going to post it on YouTube, and you'll see the board games in front of Lori. She has like a set in her house, like a full set of, of what everything, so you could see it, so you could see what she's talking about. And are you obsessed with board games? Well, you know, the studio has a lot of props and such because, you know, I do a lot of, of uh, studio work and, you know, the visual is nice to have, but a lot of board games, at least in my life, it was a lot of, I don't know why, you know, um, but it was a lot of the, the word board games, board games that related to words, vocabulary, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it had something to do with my parents uh, not having the opportunities to go to university. So I think that they were always thinking, well, board game, board games that related to language would be good for the girls kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting that way. But I would also say that in terms of your own downsizing, when you're thinking about downsizing or decluttering, try to do it room by room. Try so to smart. involve, try to involve your kids and your, and your, and try to think about, well, if I'm going to fewer rooms or a smaller home, then can this piece be versatile? Yeah. And it's not a bad idea. Of course, yeah, an appraiser is a good idea to have an appraiser there, sure, or to get an idea of what the things are valued before you let them go. But it's not a bad idea to have someone who has some interior design savvy or who can think outside the box with respect to you can reuse this piece in another place. Yeah, right? and also just figure out what you love. If you love it, yes. you'll find a place for it. And if it's I meh, then you can let go of it. I think that's true. I do think that's true. It's just getting yourself to a place where you're allowing yourself to go, I can let go of this, or I really need to sell this, or I'm keeping this no matter what. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lori V, I'm so happy you came back. You'll be back again. I love what you do. Check out drlaurieV.com. Uh, you can, and also you can follow her everywhere on social at Dr. Lori V. I am at just Jenny Hutt on Instagram, TikTok, Jenny Hutt, Twitter, Jenny Hutt. And uh, any questions or comments about today's episode, email justjennypod at gmail.com. And I will be back here per usual tomorrow. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Bye.